Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with love and life coach Ann Bell. Her core values guide her and provide clarity. It's her courage that allows her to look within and act. Her thirst for lifelong learning ensures growth and is vital to her process. Ultimately, she is helping women create the love life they've been yearning to have. Enjoy this interview. Hi, Ann. It's Joe Domino. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you today? I'm doing well, actually. Thank you. Good. Hey, thanks for taking some time out for me today. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So before we get into your life as a love and life coach, I want to know, you know, in your line of work, you know, how did you do during COVID? How did that, how did you survive that time period? And how did it change you now that we're coming out of it? Well, it's very interesting because my main occupation at the time, I'm a massage therapist of 25 years. So I had to shutter my business for four months. I'm in New York. And that's when I decided I was certified in love coaching and life coaching in 2012. That's when I decided to become certified in um, love coaching relationship and sex in 2020 when I knew I couldn't continue my career as a massage therapist and god forbid we had another pandemic so that's when i started making the transition from a full-time massage therapist to coaching so that's what came out of the pandemic for me you know the one thing that amazes me about you know this line of work and is that you know so many human beings want to fall in love they want to have a satisfying sexual life, but we all need so much help. You know, yes. it's like, it's, it's the most desirous thing. It fuels all of the songs we hear. It fuels all of the TV shows and all of the films. Oh. It perpetuates humanity, but we're all so bad at it, I think. I mean, not even that we're bad at it, but we just, it almost seems well, to me as though what is evident right in front of us, we always miss. Well, because we're so bad at it, because what we're, getting as the message from Hollywood is so inaccurate. You know, it just doesn't happen like that. You know, you just don't fall in love and your relationship is perfect. None of that happens. You just don't have a good sex life. You have to kind of work at it. you got to kind of know yourself. You've got to discover. You've got to be open-minded. And where, because of our society, you know, where you've been raised, whether it's your family beliefs, your church, your society, you know, you're encompassed by all of that. So it, you have all of this mixing in your head and go, but I want to have good sex, but I have all this other chatter in my head. How do I match the two? Who's winning? So sometimes it's a whole process you have to go through. Yeah, I remember the very first week that I was in college, it was so bad, like the amount of work that I got that I, I just could not believe that high school didn't prepare me. Now, I'm, I'm from a generation that didn't have A-plus and all these college prep things, and I don't know that I necessarily would have done it, but I kind of feel like that's the way it is when you get thrusted out into the world. You have all these perceptions of your family members and different people and Hollywood, but it's like at the end of the day, it takes a lot of work. That's what I've realized right now yes. in my life. You know, being remarried, I'm 50, yeah, so. Well, I'm older than you. I'm 61. And I can tell you, I was, in my 20s, I was married. We were pushed, you know, my parents are of that generation. They're depressing children. 
and we were pushed to get married. And um, I did, and it was a very young love, but it was, the sex was so not good because we didn't know anything, and we didn't have, there wasn't yeah. access, and it, it, you just weren't, I, I was so close-minded to everything until, you know, my husband had passed on at 29. We were both very young. And then I was able to go, you know, something, what's going on here? I, I need to educate myself. Now I'm in my 30s, and I'm missing something. What am I missing? And, boy, I was missing everything. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think, and I can speak on behalf of being a, a, as a part of the male species, you know, women and men need things differently, and, and that was a fatal flaw of mine when I was younger. You know, you think that you're, you're, you think you're doing these things in the right way, but at the end of the day, you're just, you aren't. You need to take notes, and there's so many things that we just don't understand, unless you pay attention, and then eventually you figure it out. Yes, and as women, as women, we give our power away, thinking our men know more about our bodies. And they really don't. You guys are floundering out there. You're, you know, and we don't want to hurt your egos. And it's a whole tug and pull where, you know, you want to be a good lover. You want to help your partner be a good lover. You don't want to hurt their feelings. you got all this going in your head, and you're not getting your needs met because of that dialogue that's going on. Absolutely. So before, the one thing I wanted to do up front, and I kind of got deviated because this is very fascinating to me, is that, so let's just say, to, to, to make everybody understand what you do for a living, I'm going to take you in front of a bunch of third graders at an elementary school for a career day. One of the kids looks up and says, what do you do for a living, and how are you qualified to do that? What would you say to them? <laughs> I would say I'm, I primarily help women have better love life. I went to school and I got certified in um, love and life coaching so that I could help women assist them be better in their love lives. And as you say that, you're saying it to a little boy and the girl's just elbowing him the whole time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Okay, so let's get back. Let's get to the to the beginnings of your life and how this became your focal point. Take me back to your childhood and how you got these seeds of motivation in you to become who you are right now. That's interesting because um, in in my family, it was uh, we never talked about sex. We, there there was none of that. There was zero. My parents were self employed. They had five kids. They, all they did was work. And it was um, not a very communicative family. We didn't demonstrably show love. Um, in fact, there was probably, you know, uh, some domestic violence in there. And it was hard. It was really hard growing up sometimes in my family. And then I, I took the path. I, I did get married. I took a different path after my husband uh, died. And I realized I wanted more for my life. I wasn't sure what it was. I was a bookkeeper by trade. I was my parents' bookkeeper since I was 14. And I wanted something different. So that's when I went to massage school. I had a friend say, why don't you go to massage school? I'm like, okay. 
And that's where I fell in love with touch. That's when I realized, wow, this is really good. I'm really making a difference here. And what I found, though, was my clients wanted to talk to me. I don't get a lot of clients that just want to relax. They want to talk to me about every topic. And the topic it seemed to be a lot of the time was sex. You know, there's how to have better sex. What's their sex life? What's this? You know, we would share back and forth stories. And that's how I kind of, you know, I talk about a lot of different topics. It's all personal growth. And, you know, through they want to have better sex, but it's getting to know yourself better. It's always, you always have to bring it back to yourself. And that's how I kind of, I kind of walk my talk. I really, I'm always improving myself. I get coached. I've been in therapy. You know, I have a relationship coach. I have a business coach. You know, I, I really believe in what I do. And in order for me to help others, I have to continually take a look at myself. Where can I improve? How can I be better? What, what can I do so I can help others? You know, and it almost seems as though, you know, by osmosis and just the, the laws of inevitability is that you would have to be learning from those that you're teaching. Has that happened consistently throughout your life? Maybe unexpectedly you're like, wow, I really learned a lot while I was all, trying to teach this person. All the time. It's always an even exchange. It's never just they learn from me. I learn so much from them. It's always, always, always an exchange. Everybody has something to teach you. If you're open to it, you might not want to hear it. Um, it might not resonate with you. You might filter it out, but there's something there that a seed gets planted. I plant seeds all day long, and people do the same with me. You know how sometimes when um, you've been telling your child, your partner, this, this. You've been telling them something over and over and over again. And they come home one day and go, oh, guess what? So-and-so said this. And you're saying to yourself, my God, I've been saying that forever. And it's like because you've planted that seed with that person, somebody else watered it and helped it grow. That's such a great way, such a wise way of looking at things because I feel like that a lot. Um you know, this is going to show my Midwestern roots here. My dad was born in Brooklyn, raised in Long Island, you know, came to Kansas City after he fell in love. And I'm curious what your background is. I always hear the New York accent. For some reason, I think there's a, a hint of Italian in, in it. So, um, no, I'm talk not. About your childhood. Yeah, I'm not Italian. I'm 100% European, um, you know, different parts. Um, I'm in northern, um, upstate New York. I'm 60 miles uh, north of New York City. Okay. So usually I get, it's my coffee and my water, people will say to me, you're from this city. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, it all kind of blends into me, and I love it. I love the eastern accent. So, yeah, uh, everybody, thinks, everybody thinks New York is just New York City. They forget that there's upstate. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, I, yeah, no. I, I've, 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 I've learned well over time to not make that that kind of assumption. It's definitely, but again, it's the same thing when people talk about Kansas City. They always say, "How's Kansas?" And it's like I'm in Missouri, but you don't. No one knows that, and it sounds the same because I have relatives in New York that still say that. How's Kansas? It's like, well, we're in Missouri, but it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's just <laughs> the way it is. 
I it's actually been I went, to, I went to Kansas City, Missouri. They have the FFA convention when I was in high school. Oh yeah. That's, that's where I yeah, yeah. I was in um I took horticulture in high school and I was the president of the FFA, so I actually went there one time. <laughs> Interesting. And and I never knew about the fact that the FSA came here until I moved downtown in my 20s, and I was like, I saw all the coats everywhere and all of that. It was it was interesting. Um, so, you know, the one thing, too, is you ha- you're in a capacity where you have to give a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm curious how you parlay that out, where you give enough where you can satisfy your own self. How do you do that? How does that work with you? Um, I am, I have learned that I need time to myself. You know, I'm a very, I'm a big loner where I just like shut off. Like I, I like Sundays are my day to myself to recharge, to do nothing because you're, when you have your own business and I'm running two businesses right now, you're on all the time. Um, you know, they, they're like babies. They just need something from you all the time. And I just find if I don't shut it down and nurture myself and just take care of myself, um, then I, you know, I, I can't function. I can't do. But I do, I do love what I do. I love both of them. You know, I love both of my careers. But I do have to watch my boundaries. So, you know, the one thing, you know, when you're in a particular discipline and you're, you know, an expert and that's what you do all the time, you obviously have a viewpoint that's very different from everybody else. You you can probably boil down parts of what are common mistakes that everybody makes in relationships and their sex lives, love lives, all of that. If you could boil down and you could have like that Letterman top five list or whatever, and you could say these are the common things that people make mistakes with, and and it could be both men and women or however it works for each gender. But what is that for you? What do you see as the most common mistakes? I think with relationships, couples, they're not friends. They, they outgrow that friendship. Um, in, in order, you'll hear a lot of couples in sexless marriages. And they get busy with the children and the, the house and the careers and they get pulled from all different directions and they forget about themselves. So, you know, it's mainly, you know, being friends, saying I love you and really meaning it, um, you know, kissing passionately every day, compliments. You have to give compliments to each other. You do have to know your partner's erotic uh, turn-ons and turn-offs you know, what pleases them. And that's the problem is some couples, people, in gen- they won't, they can't, they're uncomfortable talking about their sex lives. They don't even know what turns them on. So how can you have your partner know? And some aren't really into exploring. They're inhibited. So it's really just getting to know each other and communication and really talk a- about a lot of this stuff. Who have been role models for you? You know, you 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 sound you obviously are very highly driven. Who have been a, who's been that hero or role model for you in your life? You know, it's it's interesting because when I was a little girl, my father loved John Wayne. It was the craziest thing. He loved that man, 
And I always liked him because I get, at that time, I could spend time with my father watching these movies. <laughs> so I came to, you know, like him myself. I liked some of what he stood for. And, you know, and I just kind of grew up with, you know, my, with these, with these values, like hard work. And, you know, I am driven. My parents were self-employed. So it, it's a different mindset. It's a totally different mindset to be in. And I always wondered why I was such a terrible employee because I was just too independent and I had my own way of doing things. And, you know, I think role models change over time um, also. You know, I don't know if I have a specific role model, but I just love women in general that are on the edge of education and, um, you know, and men too. Anybody that can bring something to the table that will inspire me and help me grow, I'm just, open to I'm a sponge I want to hear it all so when you were a child what did you want to be when you grew up yeah I don't know if I wanted to be anything to tell you the honest truth I don't think those uh, I always think about that it wasn't really implanted in us um we were guided we were just you know told get a job basically we were told to get a husband get a husband and your husband will take care of you and, um, you know, we weren't career-oriented. We were more hands-on type of family. Like, I went to uh, horticulture. That was, you know, I enjoyed that in, in my high school years. But then I, I got, like I said, I was my parents' bookkeeper. And I ended up um, being, I was kind of self-taught where others would teach me. They saw something in me. Oh, this one's good with numbers and bookkeeping. So I had mentors, you know, accountants teach me, you know, and that's how that kind of went. And then I don't know, then I just kind of got into massage from there. I've had a lot of different careers. I mean, I've packed apples, I've waitressed, I've been a bookkeeper, a massage therapist. I think all of these jobs um, have led me up to what I'm doing. So every, <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. So every day you wake up, what is your motivation? What do you look forward to the most during your day? I don't know. I Usually I'll wake up happy uh, to be alive, to have another day, to create, to inspire, um, to play, to have fun, you know, because I consider my work fun. I mean, there's hard parts of it. There's really hard parts of being self-employed. You know, some of it's drudgery. I'm better at some things than I am at others. Um, but I love the creation process. I love to sit and think that I can, you know, make up things that I can, you know, how do I correlate different events in my life so people can understand. You know, my clients are always telling me they live vicariously through me. Um, I mean, at age 53, I read the book Eat, Pray, Love, and I went out and did Eat, Pray, Love at age 53 up and sold everything and traveled for two years extensively. Nice. <laughs> I just nice. kind of, you know, I'm, I'm spontaneous, um, but also practical. I don't have a lot of life lived experiences. Yeah, that's wonderful. 
So what's been the best client response fan letter you've ever gotten for your work? I think people um, where I where they're they're so inspired that they're they've been helped. They see a new perspective. I have this gift. I can usually take any situation and reframe it to make it something positive. To really go, you know, something really crappy, um, and go well. Maybe this is why this has happened. So you can see this. So I think yeah. when I when they respond that way, like they they'll say to me, I have simple, effective techniques. Um, Anne is very open minded. I can tell her anything. I feel very safe. I feel very comfortable with her discussing any topic. And I think that's really uh, flattering because I remember as a young person, I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't feel safe to talk about some of these topics. I didn't know who to turn to. And when one client said that to me one time, that I create a safe environment, something went off in my head and going, ding, ding, and you got something going on here. What is it that people, they're comfortable I'm easy to have a conversation with. So I just kind of let that resonate in my mind and keep providing that space for people for whatever the conversation is. So everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your clients, but ultimately you live your life. Do you have a perception of you? Who do you think you are? I think I'm a woman who is consistently learning and growing. I'm never content where I'm at. I'm always, um, I mean, I appreciate my moments. I live in my moments, but I'm also inspired to be better. I think I'm here to be the best person I can be, and that means I always must challenge myself on some level to grow and be better. So I'm always reading. I mean, I'm reading like five or six different um, self-help books right now, because they're also exciting to me because I'm always hungry for a new perspective. I'm always hungry to put more pieces of my life together so I can take this, what I learn, and help others. So, Anne, if anybody wants to know more about you, your services, anything related to you, where's the best place for them to go? Then go right to my website, aconfidentialconversation.com. Beautiful, Anne. This has been wonderful. Thank you for opening up. Good luck with everything. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, spirituality, literature, business, relationships, and music from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.